0: Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman
1: and I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings-on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears.
0: We've our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. This week, Karine Ponijon, Managing Director Hotels at Christian Co, joins us and shares her very revealing memories of Anders Nissen, as well as an update on deals, pricing, where the looming distress is, and homeless shelters as the latest investment trend. And welcome to episode 20 of New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. Although regular listeners will have observed that last week was a fallow week. There was no podcast because I was on me holly bobs. I'm back from me holly bobs. Um, and today we have with us Karine Bonigeon, the Managing Director of Hotels at Christie & Co. And... Catherine Dogrell from Paris, live from Paris. Ladies, how are you both? Not as good as you, clearly, in your
1: (laughs) post-holiday joy. I like the idea that we've been lying fallow and then now we're we're going to be very, very fertile. I don't think that would be a good idea. (laughs) I I know. Not at this late stage in the game, um, but, uh, but yes, fertility uh, aside, I'm super this morning. <laughs> How are you, Karine?
2: Yeah, good morning. Yeah, all very good. It's been uh, a lovely sunny week. A bit of half term, so it's been it's been nice. Emails have been down a bit, which is good. So we had a bit more time, but yeah, on overall everything is fine.
0: Hurrah. Hurrah, hurrah. Um, And I can confirm, having not had a break for what feels like 87 years, that I remembered how to holiday. um, And I also remembered why you holiday. Um, And it's perspective. It's a break from the daily grind of get your shoes on, do the dishwasher five times, just the relentless doing it everything again and again and again. And then you stop and then you realise that's why we travel, isn't it? Because we get some perspective, we realise what's important, what's really not important, but what we're slaves to. Um, yeah, so I vote, travel, let's do it. North Wales, <laughs> delightful place as
2: well.
0: And did everyone in
1: <laughs> did everyone in North Wales remember how to how to hospitality you from the other side?
0: They did. It was um it, there was a range of sort of of uh hospitalitying there were actually in a couple of the uh, places we went there were a, a worrying amount of restaurants bars and coffee shops that hadn't reopened yet with big signs on them saying we we we're not reopening because we don't have any staff um and that that noticeably more so than any of the retail units um but as we know i did see a tweet the other day from a bbc journalist saying um a recruitment Uh, Is there a recruitment crisis looming? And I was thinking, it's not looming, mate. We're in it. It's happening. (laughs) There's no looming here. Um, But yeah, they did. And they they seemed, you know, joyfully happy to be doing it. So, and I was joyfully happy to receive that hospitality and ice cream and other fun stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so on with the show. Um, we missed, we, as I've mentioned, we missed last week. So therefore, um, we missed uh, the opportunity to uh, pay our respects to the wonders, the wonderful man uh, that was Anders Meeson, who so sadly passed away. And um, what are your abiding memories, Catherine and then Karin, of, of Anders
1: um, my well, abiding memories of, of Anders was um, was listening to his opinions in in random locations. It always seems to be <laughs> the case. Having my notepads on my knee on park benches and. Other places, listening to his his quarterly thoughts. Um, and then just other times, because um, as I think I wrote, he was always available for a chat about the hotel sector, um, which is one of the things that makes this sector so great, is that we all want to talk about it all the time. Um, and uh, and for, for good reasons, usually, not just we all want to talk about it all the time because the service is awful, like in the Apple store. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yes, and just seeing him places and him saying, you know, you should meet this person and that person and come here and go there. And I remember the first... Um, pandox event i went to was the one that was china themed and um he's <laughs> nodding and the, the chairman was wearing sort of like this kind of huge ceremonial um outfit i <laughs> the word i'm looking for um and it's the kind of thing that if you if you know any other company did it it would be seen as weird and gimmicky um but they had their um they had they had the nuts to style it out because of the company that they were and um, how they had the the foundation to support everything they did and um, and when you can do all those things and you walk the walk then you can dress up like a Chinese emperor if that's. <laughs> the way you want to play it. Um and they and they did and all the better for it. Um and we'll be interested to see what happens to Pandox now. Um I was distressed, initially distressed to notice that their share price had gone up, but of course that's because now they will be seen as being in play. And um no doubt the likes of Blackstone and everyone else are now sniffing around see so if they too can become the largest uh hotel owner in Europe. Um there were a lot of rumours a while back weren't there about um <clears throat> Cavivió joining forces with them so we'll see how that goes um but hopefully the legacy of anders will be that we should not ever forget that at any given moment you can dress up like a chinese emperor um and and also you know we should all be working harder and looking at the bottom line and standing up for our rights and there's no such thing as passive investment and leases will always be popular always 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 leases so yes but you'll be much missed i was i was genuinely shocked um to hear of his passing
2: Absolutely, Karine. What are your memories? It's it's a funny one, but um, yeah, the Chinese presentation I remember really well because we had done a big study for them on the development of Chinese travel. So we had spent, you had you did speak at that one.
1: Yeah, I remember oh, yeah,
2: three three months of research for them on the development of Chinese travel and what hotels can adapt to Chinese travelers going forward. So that's one. But then I went to one of the capital market days and the first time I really met Anders, let's say face to face, was in an elevator and he was naked with his towel <laughs> <laughs> to the on. The top floor, and when you're kind of a bit of a young person in, in that industry, and you end up with the CEO oh. half naked in the elevator. No shame. Like I'm going for my sauna. <laughs> I had a long day. You feel bad, you have no problem with it at all. Um, And that's this kind of humanity about him, this genuine character that I've always regarded um, very highly. And we spoke only a few weeks ago uh, because we did a webinar with Anders um, and we had obviously quite a few time the opportunity to exchange. It was always positive, COVID, we will all recover from it. It will be fine. He will go to Spain, enjoy cocktails with his family. Um, And yes, finding out about it on on Sunday last week, uh, I did scream in my kitchen when I saw the email of my colleague. My family was like, what's happening? Oh, bad is that? And I was like, hey, send us. And I couldn't comprehend how someone like that, that was such a believer that must have been vaccinated, uh, yeah, just was... They killed, basically, by this thing. And, and I still can't really fully comprehend it for the last eight days or so. So it's a great shame. He was amazing. Um, yeah, I looked up to him a lot. And, yeah, I feel really sad about him. It will miss someone that was amazing. That's all.
0: Absolutely, he was. Um, I was thinking back, and sort of m- memories, and um, my mark of a good present company accepted, obviously. But my mark of someone really engaging um, as a conference speaker is whether it distracts me from doing my online grocery shop. Um, <laughs> and there are about three people in the industry who I will stop doing my online because I, you know, sort out stuff when you're away and stuff, haven't you? Um, so yeah, there are about three people, obviously present company cl- excluded, who who I would stop you know finding cereal and milk online for um and he was absolutely one of them you just listened didn't you it was it Mm -hmm. was it wasn't the same old trope it wasn't an echo chamber there was there was a heartfelt you know purposeful message so yeah absolutely i think we're all stood in shock and much missed um shall we talk a little bit about um what's going on in terms of the market um what do you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing from your perspective? What's moving, what's not moving, single asset transactions, portfolios? Can you give
2: us a bit of an overview, yes, Of course. Um, yeah, let's focus on this here, I think, because obviously now we're in 2021. So what we are seeing is very much two sides of the market. So one is the private single asset lifestyle type of, of properties across, let's say, UK and Europe. That is very very active. Um, To give an idea of numbers, we've sold since the 1st of January this year, we are on almost 170 hospitality businesses that have been sold in the UK. So, and that's probably double of what we had seen during the first three, four months of the previous year, pre-COVID. So that is massively active. What we are really seeing is everything coming to market typically you've got dozens of ndas being signed dozens of viewing being happening and you get to a deal agreed very quickly so that is very encouraging uh, i networks individual family office private owners multiple operators so anything coming to market typically find a new home and we've also interesting to see that Some hotels we had um, on our books for several years actually found a home very quickly over the last few months. So there is a massive appetite on that side for rural, coastal, regional, country house, guest houses, uh, holiday rentals, all of that is very much booming across the UK. Um, So that's very positive. On the other side, you've got the big corporate, the portfolio side of things, we had a bit more activity between January and, and March where we saw a bit larger asset, probably a billion or so of, of assets on the market uh, between the service portfolio that Marathon just bought, um, big assets in in London, uh, the Kyoto portfolio, some of those were being floated around. So a lot of those have found some kind of resolution as where we are, so... There has been a slowdown now in in portfolio activity. Um, There is a bit more pitching going on on all sorts of assets, non-core disposal of larger portfolios, um, some leased assets where people really need to find an exit because that's really, as they call it, a big headache. Um, We have activity also in Italy where we're selling uh, a, a village, an entire village that is coming to auction. Uh, in October. So is that like is that like Shits Creek? Didn't that not not the plot of that? I
1: have no <laughs> idea. They end up like owning a whole village. That's
2: amazing. If you look at know. it, owning a village is just uh Yeah, yeah and, and that's as as the person yeah. says cheaper than buying a mansion in, in Mayfair. Uh 15 million seems like a bargain for an entire village and acres and acres of land. Um, so but it's been a bit slower. But I think where we are at that point, lifestyle market will continue. Um, but people now have reopened, and that is the very big difference than where we were a few months ago. If you wanted to sell, you would have sold by now. So now, what people I think are doing, and what the banks are doing on the other side, is a bit like giving a bit of breathing space to people. Say, so, okay, show us what you can do now. Tuesday, um, not Tuesday. What am I saying? May, June. You reopening, sink or swim, and see what happens. And we will have a chat, I think, in two or three months' time uh, once you've proven what you can deliver. Uh, If you have no pressure from banks to sell, it's probably better to sell an hotel that is trading, that is starting to deliver some numbers. So I think we're in a bit of a limbo situation that is going to last for a few months. Um, People need now to... yeah put some foot uh, footfall in their property and see how it's going. Um, banks are still not moving. There is the odd things happening and, and some sales and a bit of distress, but there hasn't been any of this wave. The wave we've been speaking about for uh, 15 months now, and we keep delaying it, and it might be coming four months, yeah. But yes, yeah, still hasn't arrived. So... Um, um, I think now we're probably looking at the back end of, of this year, but the most important now is trade. Show what you can do. Give confidence to your bank that they should continue supporting you, and we will click, quickly see probably which one can can survive and which one can't really survive at that point. Uh, I think another thing, but that's probably a bit more for the private market, and, and that comes back to the hospitality staffing point. Um I was visiting a, a property two weeks, a week ago, and, and the owner was saying, you know, it's been horrible. We've been training people for months. We've done whatever we could with no guests in. Quite a few of them haven't worked for 15 months. It's an exhausting, if you think about it. On the other side, we have loads of people new, completely new to the industry, uh, we're doing our best to train them, put them back, but suddenly those hotels that haven't seen no one for a long time get 300 people on weekends, when suddenly all your rooms are booked, you're coming from the kids, the hotels are charging more. So people's expectation have risen significantly. Everybody's looking for the QR code on the menu and everything, because their, their way of dealing with everything has changed a lot. Um, and hoteliers, I think, are having a really tough time because they're really trying to to make it happen. Their staffing level is probably uh, not optimal and they're not trained. Um, and on the other side, clients have probably become a bit painful. So it, I would imagine that in a few months, we might see another wave of private owners thinking, you know what, it's been good after all. <laughs> uh I can make money. This property works. It's just too hard. I can't I, I don't want to do it. I'm not ready for that. Let someone take over this complications for me. I've enjoyed life, fifteen months a bit. If I can afford it, take the money and run out and retire somewhere in Tuscany.
0: And I wonder if there's a bit of a disparity between, you know, when when it's everything's been shuttered for fifteen months, that sort of um I what's the right word the 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 vision the sort of the, the what you anticipate the reality to be is quite actually then quite different from 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 what is happening what's unfolding you know the the the, the that getting the guests back in the staff trained up the that you, when you're sat and you're sat waiting for it to happen you're Driven by the passion and wanting to do it, which is why we're all in this business, isn't it? Because because we love hospitality. Um, but then the reality of those going back to those long days and the shifts and the fussy customers
2: who are all you know demanding, maybe not so great. It's and if you go out, if you go out for the weekend, you spend. You want everything. You want the spa when you've decided you go on to have your treatment. The restaurant you want, you know, champagne is, is improving, Prosecco, all of this, alcohol <laughs> driven. Um, there is a lot of requests. And at the same time, you've got this lady I was watching, sweeping with a broom the floor. I say, if you continue like that, you're going to be there for a while to do the entire restaurant. You need to get moving. So, um, yeah, it's but it's really it's challenging. And I think people are finding it fairly stressful. Um, so I think it will be interesting. But again... Deal activity is still very positive for us. It's interesting that hospitality has been actually one of our best sector over the past few months. Um, and, and also Europe is a bit slower, I would say. UK is clearly leading the way on, on that side. Um, but we're in, in good shape. And I, But it's just a question of when this distress is going to happen, but a lot of it is in the hands of the banks now. Hmm. Well, what's the pricing been like if you've been moving deals quite quickly? Interestingly, deals, the pricing, quite often you can probably get to what you were expecting pre-COVID. You might have a minor mm. discount on on some cases, uh, but you have so much demand. It's all demand and supply driven. There's not enough. Mm. People have to really go into competitive bidding. They really want to... Depending on the private side, again, the expectation are very different. It's more, I want to own this asset. So it's not all about being driven by the returns. On the other side, mm-hmm. on the big portfolio deals, as we've seen, and Service is a good example of, of um, that situation, you can actually, again, exceed pricing because there is not a lot of stock. People have to place money. Everybody is at looking for opportunity therefore you kind of review your business plan again and again and you see the exit would be better and therefore you your intro pricing so your entry pricing has gone up as well so it's none of the discount that we've seen in the US where you can get a really good opportunity for sometime Mm -hmm. close to nothing.
0: Um, what about the brands? How are they uh, 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 hotels? Because you you sort of work across branded and and independent in terms of um, you know what you bring to market. Are are hotels that are branded easier to sell? Are, are they still are they still seen as? Um, I don't know. What, is there a security blanket there?
1: I, I always like the way that people describe it is. Cumbered and unencumbered. Like yeah. it's like it it's it's not really it doesn't really leave much nuance. <laughs> yes. You may as well describe it as millstoned or not millstoned,
2: <laughs> you know. There is a market for everything. I think it depends on which angle you, you look at it. Uh, I think the banks, as we know, they like the brand. I think it gives them security. On the private side, you probably think you can do it on your own and you can probably survive. Um, again on the private equity side, they're quite happy to have something where they can value add. So if you can actually get something where you can change a brand, put a new brand in or something that is unflagged where you can put a brand on, it's it's seen as a positive. So it very much depends from which angle you you look at it. If you're an institutional investor, yes, you want the brand, you want your lease, you want your rental income. Um, So. Very different aspects, but a brand in most market is still very much needed and it's very difficult to do it without it.
0: Have you seen any new people, new people coming in, looking at new any people? of the hotels? New people? <laughs> I mean, we obviously have to vet them all. We'll do a sort of parade and make sure we're letting them in. Have you so noticed so. any
2: new, new faces? You have some. Uh but I think it's quite interesting to see a lot of people moving out from certain company, recreating an equivalent company somewhere else, join joining up with some old forces in the industry. So it's there's loads of movement. You have a lot more developers, residential developers, um senior living care homes, homeless shelter, all of this fund that are looking at Converting some of the existing stock of hotels, some that are obsolete, basically, uh, and see if you can do something else. So, I would say you have a lot of the old type of people that have been in the industry. You've got some new ventures, but with some seeds from <laughs> previous people in different funds, and then you've got other type of sector looking at hotels as opportunities to turn into something else if you can do it with subjective planning. Is there money in them, their homeless shelters then? It's big. Is it? I've never come across this before. It's it's very big in, in France. Uh I think I've seen quite a few big companies that have become very active in, let's say, buying an old Formula One uh, they were, and turning it into homeless um, shelter. A lot of private hotel in France, you know, because they can't really attract the new generation, uh, because they don't they can't invest in the property. They can't always put the new all the health and safety and the, the Wi-Fi and the new television. Quite a few of them have dealt with local authorities to take um woman that needs to exit their current home because they've been uh, attacked by their husband, from people that are on the street, a lot of emergency um, emergency shelter. And that, you get, <laughs> stupidly it's horrible to say, but a good level of occupancy, a very a decent pay per day, an allocation, and you don't have to provide any service. So it's an extended same model. <laughs> Um, with limited cost associated to it and very limited um, needs. So I think it's actually a very powerful thing you can do. In London, you don't have that many, but I know some new ventures, patron has launched a new venture and bought an existing hotel and the aim is to develop that site. It's a good business model. It's not a nice business model, but it's
0: Interesting. I have not heard of this either. Very interesting. Um, we're we're rattling through. Look, we're at twenty three minutes already, so I'm going to seamlessly take us through to the list of questions that we ask all our guests. Unless there's any other burning questions that you've got for Karine, Catherine. No, no,
1: no. I was fascinated. I should continue to be fascinated by homeless shelters. <clears throat> It's good. It's good. I'm um, a bit bad, but a roof, which has to be good.
0: We um we saw a couple of well, maybe about three or four years ago. There was a there was um there were quite a lot of local authorities getting into the hotel investing, weren't there? Is this a sort of continuation of that? In, has that? I assume that's. I mean, local authorities. Are they still doing that? Or is this a continuation of that? In a yeah, they're all getting into travel lodges, were not they? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: For the for the, that was profit motivated, wasn't
2: it? They're still quite looking at development so we have had quite a bit of discussion over the past 15 months really with local authorities thinking how they can redevelop, regenerate some city centre, universities how they can turn some residential hall into hotels same let's say on hospital where they're thinking about doing some um, hospital hotels basically like the model you've seen in the Nordic. so local authorities are very much still looking at this opportunity, but all of it has to be potentially on on a lease basis. And then the big question who develop it, who runs it. So loads of aspiration, I would say, but the actual implementation of it is is quite complicated. Right, you are. Okay Dokes.
0: Um so on to these questions. Um the first one being when the shutters are up and I've had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I'm going to do is, and you'll have to You'll have to whether you've had both jabs or one jab or whatever, but you get the general get
2: the general gist of where we're going. Yeah, I mean the the answer to that one is going somewhere else than Scotland because <laughs> <laughs> I think my kids are asking why they're the only one that I've never been on a long boat trip. So I think what I need to to do is take them to something a bit more exotic uh, that is not even not UK, but not even Europe or Iran. They won't buy it, so a bit longer than that would
0: be nice. (laughs) I can highly recommend North Wales. Um, (laughs) The best thing about the hotel sector is?
2: It's a lot more fun than an office or an industrial shed, I think, for me. Oh, it is better than a shed all day (laughs) long.
0: It's fun, isn't it? It's just such a, well, yes, one big family. A hotel sector. A big semi is... naked family, apparently. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> that is a just too much. Um, the hotel sector would be significantly improved if.
2: It was seen as a better profession and a better sector to work in, I think. It's, it's being devalued. Um, and if people could understand it's exciting, that would improve a lot of problems.
0: I saw that uh, UK Hospitality has started to do some work with DWP. Are they?
1: They are. What? To try you know, to try and convince <laughs> convince them that the, the hospitality sector offers a career, um, so yes, it's an uphill struggle, I suspect. But um, but I mean, to, to go back to Travelodge, um, the likes of Travelodge and Premier Inn have been working with local authorities for years, and one of the ways they have managed to get planning over the line, isn't it, is by saying we'll be producing this many, and they and they've worked with. Um, people who've done time, um, all that kind of thing, lots of rehabilitation stories, um, because they've realised, you know, back in the day that it's all very well having people who've been to Lausanne or whoever who want to work in the Savoy, and that's great. Um, they mostly, they work to, want to work for private equity these days, they? which is different, um, but, you, but conv- to convince somebody they want to work at a travel lodge is you know it takes it takes a push (laughs) so you need to open your net to find people who want to work there who maybe have been you know suffered in the, the hands of the system or need a leg up and you have to be more imaginative in what you do don't you so um I guess we'll see more of that and that can really only be a good thing.
0: Well, Timpsons, the uh, cobblers, built an entire yes. business model on that, didn't they? They and did, and it's worked out very well. It worked out very well, yes. Yeah, so let's not let's not write that one off. Yes, although um, I've been to, to interrupt even more, and to,
1: <laughs> and to prove that I can read, uh, I am currently reading um, Hubert Jolly's book um, about... The heart? Here, so, the heart of business. Heart of business. Oh, we're going on a tour. We're going on a tour
0: of... Oh, dear listener, dogs. I'm sorry you can't see this. We'll
1: describe it. <laughs> there we are. Dog is... Why are you disturbing me? <laughs> God's sakes. Uh, there we are. So, so, I, I, me yeah, I have read really sp- the heart of business. And, um, and we haven't got to the Carlson residual bits yet, um, but we have been getting to how to get how to get people who are working, the meaning of work, how to get people who work with you. So when he was at Best Buy, he had to motivate all these people who are working on the shop floor selling you like iPads and, and all this kind of stuff day in day out for for negligible cash so how do you make them motivated so they want to come into work even though what they're doing appears to be pretty meaningless and um, and one assumes that he's going to mention this relationship fast but I haven't got maybeX smooth third of the way through um so you can I think it's going to be more of the same and there's there was a lot of stuff about how you need to have co- you need to have a company purpose. Um, So the purpose at Best Buy was um, improving everyone's lives. And this isn't, don't come after me there. It's like improving everyone's lives through technology. So it wasn't just selling people tellies. It was improving everyone's lives through technology. And that's great because you can, you know, you've got a nice long run at that. You're never going to be outmoded no matter what happens with technology, that's always going to be the thing that you do. And they found that that was something that really helped motivate people, people on minimum wage, people on jobs that otherwise you would think were pretty lacking in meaning. And so when you see the companies in the hotel sector who are excellent at staff retention, um, that does tend to be something that you see there. They they don't just think, you know, I'm giving somebody a lemonade and they'll be refreshed for the next 15 minutes and then they'll go to the loo and the loo will be nice and clean or something like that. It's just, there's a, a bigger Goal here, and that sounds a bit cheesy, but you would think if you can do it as somewhere where they're selling you like a cheap laptop, you must be able to do it in hospitality. So that's, I think, that's what we have to do. I completely butted in there to all Kareem's
2: questions. Some, com- some companies have managed to do it, and those have been able to retain people because it's it's really hard work um, when when you've done it. So I think you just need to create a bit more of that culture. That's what people are looking for.
0: Exactly hear here um okay back to the questions um
2: what the industry needs now is just being able to move and some logic in the way you can move <laughs> makes it easy ah yes just that will help not so many pcr tests and then complicated a <laughs> deadline and trying to under, understand all of it less complication um a unified response to it will will be very good across europe and not even saying the world, that Europe will be good.
0: I know, and we talked about this at the beginning, didn't we? That the airlines within two and a half minutes had got their shit together and they'd gone, you know, gone with their exact demands, and it was, you know, they'd they'd got it. And it's just that the fragmentation of this, of, sadly, of this industry just doesn't help its collective voice, um, which is frustrating for all of us. Um, to the final question, then, I'd like to think we've learnt from this, and that is a question, not a statement
2: that we need to stop now and then and that we have to reset things and it's not looking as bad as we all think. So I think we can reassess and and move on from that. So I think maybe it was in a weird way and a needed pause in everybody's life to reassess the way things are done on all fronts. So I hope we'll, uh, we'll survive with all. Most of us have survived this and we're still okay. So let's make the most out of it.
0: Absolutely absolutely well that was a joyful way to spend a monday morning thank you so much for joining us and um i hope you get to well a to scotland and b to some long-haul travel before too long i hope so Ooh, yes so, my <laughs> sake,
2: before my kids <laughs> ever go at me yeah yeah
0: all the very best thank you for joining us thank you so much So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify.
1: These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.